hey, don't mind me. Welcome to episode number two of Don't Mind Me. This is Laura, and today we're going to chat with the wonderful and brilliant Kayla Hollis. Kayla is a writer, a business owner, and a community builder expert. I invited her to talk with us about her personal journey through mental health, as well as sharing just how she sees her story as a way to connect and empower others. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and tuning in. Kayla, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing so well. I'm so appreciative to be able to have this space. Um, And I just, I really admire you for being able to to hold that safe space for a lot of people to feel more comfortable with sharing their mental health journey. Because I think, um, you know, with all of the episodes that you have been creating, it's been incredible just to hear from so many strong men and women um, who are just doing incredible things, um, not despite of what has happened to them, um, but uh, even because of what has happened with them and and using it as a place of empowerment. So I'm really excited to kind of dig into my story and just chat with you a little bit more about it. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So a lot of people know me um, as an entrepreneur and a copywriter. So basically what I do is I write uh, for other brands. A lot of times people who are photographers, just like you, Mm -hmm. uh, designers, people in the wedding industry. I just really love being able to collaborate with people who are a little bit more uh, visual because then I'm able to kind of bring my words and it just makes a just perfect marrying um, of creative storytelling, which I think is incredible. Um, So I've been a copywriter now. This is my third year of self-employment, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, Still going strong. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, But yeah, that's just a little bit uh, about myself. And how did your journey into mental health begin? So when I think about my journey with mental health, it's interesting because I really feel like all along the way, I have always seen myself as a very self-aware person. Um, and if you ask anybody who's in my life, they will definitely say that as well. I'm, I'm always somebody who's spending time journaling and, uh, you know, introspection is a really important part of, of how I really process through emotions and different things that pop up in my life. But the interesting thing was that, uh, you know, for my own mental health, even though I had some traumatic things that had happened to me in my childhood, um, so those things were all happening um, with peers and classmates. So that was kind of all throughout um, my childhood up until high school, but really wasn't until an incident in college happened to me where I started to feel like, oh man, um, you know, this this whole uh, idea around, around your mental health and, and understanding what it was, I, I couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, so what happened to me in college was that I was sexually assaulted uh, at the very end of my junior year going into my last semester of college. Um, it was a very difficult time in my life. I didn't know um, exactly what had happened to me. I didn't understand what the repercussions were going to be uh, afterwards. But after I came back um, to school to kind of finish up my, my last semester, 
What ended up happening that was very difficult uh, was that I had two classes uh, that I had to pass in order to graduate college. One of them was a self-defense class uh, where we talked a lot about sexual assault um, and about these kinds of incidents very similar to what I had just been through. And I also had a banned literature class where half of the books um, were about violence and war and then the other half were about sexual abuse. So I felt like every single day that I was going to class, I was kind of going into this battlefield where I felt like, um, you know, not only was I trying to understand what was going on in my own home, um, you know, in my apartment that I was sharing with a few different friends in college, but I also had to go to class and um, really kind of come to grips with what exactly was going on. So I didn't have a safe space away from this. And so I felt like it really kind of plunged me into into the darkness um, kind of 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 those moments. And you know, at the time I was having um, even different episodes in class uh, that would happen by either a phrase that would trigger me um, or maybe even a specific movement in a self-defense class. You know, there were a lot of different things that were kind of going on during that time. But at the time, I didn't have a name for it. I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I... I definitely am somebody that usually um, prides myself on just kind of rescuing myself out of things. And so I, I kept very quiet about it, um, didn't really talk too much about it and just tried to, I guess, bring myself out of it. Uh, so I just had a, a very long, about four or five months before graduation where I was really just doing all of this on my own and then uh, was able to move back home right after. And, you know, being with my support system, it made it a lot easier for me to feel like there was some semblance of normalcy again. Um, and I started a really great PR agency job uh, that was kind of like the pinnacle of, of what a lot of college students coming out of college uh, we're really looking for. So I feel like I started to put so much um, of just what I had been through kind of on the back burner um, because the discomfort wasn't something I had to deal with every single day. But what I didn't realize was that I didn't necessarily handle it. Um, it was just that it was gone um, for now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I stayed at the PR job for about a year, um, quit that in order to pursue self-employment. And I was riding on a high. I was so excited about it. But at that time, I was working and living alone. Um, and so as many people who can tell you in entrepreneurship, it can be a fairly isolating thing. Um, so the fact that I already had so much of that alone time, I started to notice myself saying no to events, um, no to invitations. I started to kind of self-isolate myself from my community. And especially as somebody at that time that was teaching people how to use social media in order to build communities themselves. I mean, not only was I a walking contradiction, um, but it was also just very not like me um, and very unhealthy. And so I started to see um, that some of those episodes and some of the triggers and those sorts of things were coming back. And Again, I, I still didn't know exactly what to call it and what was going on, um, but I just knew that if I didn't do something about it, that I could go back to that place that I was in in college. And I just had to sit with that. I remember one time when I was um, on my bed right after an episode and I just felt like I can't do this anymore in my own strength. Um, like this was not what I was made to do. I was not meant to carry this heavy weight around with me. Um, 
um, and there, there has got to be a, a better way to, to live this life, really. So that was really the first time um, that I started to think about, OK, how do I ask for help? And um, anybody who knows me in my business, asking for help is also a very difficult thing for me to do. But it felt even more difficult in mental health, um, especially because I didn't have anybody at the time um, who was really kind of that example um, who was very out with their story about, OK, this is kind of what it looks like to manage a mental um, illness. And so I just remember feeling like, again, I can't do this on my own. So I actually moved back home again. And that was a huge sacrifice I made. Um, and it was really difficult at the time because, of course, you know, in that first year in self-employment, you really want to show people that like you're doing well and things are going awesome. Um, but I just I, I couldn't put on that mask anymore. It just had to come off. So I remember um, really just telling my parents, look, I, I've got to go and see a counselor. Um, I was still really nervous about it because, you know, I think everybody's had different um stigmas or different ideas of what therapy kind of looks like. Um, so I really didn't know, um, but I just knew that I didn't want to um, keep going this route on my own. So at the time that I actually ended up meeting with a counselor, uh, I had already done so much um, spiritual work and, and a lot of prayer and journaling and introspection and really was starting to look at, okay, what are some of those triggers for me and different things that by the time I actually went to go meet with a counselor, she was able to kind of walk me through and and show me, okay, um, it's kind of looking like you're a little bit towards the ending stages of kind of getting back into the recovery um, part, which was really validating and amazing for me to know. But I wanted to make sure I didn't walk away from there thinking, oh, okay, I'm totally fine. This is whatever. It's never going to happen again. Um, so I really just tried to dig deep and listen to, um, you know, all of the things that she was talking about because she really was able to just give me that education that there's no way I could have had that on my own. Um, so not only do I feel like she was kind of that like walking dictionary that was able to say, okay, the reason why you felt this way or the reason why um, this triggered you like this is because of this specific thing, and so. I was finally able to give a name to all of these things. And yes, she did diagnose me um, with PTSD very easily um, from a lot of the things that I was talking to her. But again, I think it was really great just to be able to talk to somebody um, who was a third party, right? Um, you know, I, I think for anybody who struggles with mental health, it can be nice to talk to our, our family and friends and feel like they're able to support us. Um, but sometimes we just need a listening ear and we don't necessarily need somebody to kind of come in and, and try to fix it. Um, we just need somebody that's going to help us manage it while we are still supported by other people that we love around us. So I feel like me being able to go, even though it was only to that one counseling session, I think it really kind of just set me on the right path because it showed me that asking for help is worth it. So regardless of what happens for the rest of my life, if for whatever reason, um, you know, the PTSD really comes back in a big way, I feel like I'm going to be much more open to actually seeking out help than I would have ever been before, just because I'm really becoming aware of, um, you know, what can happen if I don't. So what was counseling like for you? Yeah. Um, counseling was very interesting to me um, because, again, I've I've really only had even similar conversations like that with um, 
some of my family members. At that time, I wasn't necessarily opening up to a lot of friends. I had a few close friends that kind of knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't necessarily going into depth of exactly what the experience was um, of me living with that afterwards. It was more so just kind of talking to them about about the incident. Um, But I really do feel like it was amazing to be able to uh, go to a counselor that also, in my mind, I knew that she had helped other young girls and, and women who, you know, let's let's face it, like they had been through much, much worse. Um, maybe they were stuck in, in a pattern of it um, or they had had it happen to them at a very young age. And so I really feel like it was amazing to go to somebody that I knew had seen many other women um, and had helped other women kind of come come out of this, so to speak. Um, and it just, it made me feel really great because not only was I going to somebody that knew a lot about this subject and really specialized in it and that sort of a thing, um, but I think it also just in a way kind of validated and, and told myself that, um, you know, it's okay that these things have happened and there's other very, very strong people out there who have been through similar things. And I'm not alone in this, even though nobody else in my life that I know has been through something like this. Mm-hmm. And talking a little bit more about your diagnosis, mm. just because many people don't know about it. Sure. Um, what were some things that you could tell that were indicators of PTSD? Mm. So I think, um, you know, what my counselor really did just to get kind of a basis was just having me walk through um, what some of the after effects of the incident were. I was really so relieved um, because I thought going into the counseling session that I was going to have to share like all of the stuff behind like exactly what happened at the incident, you know, where it took place, all of that, like really personal detail stuff. And I was so happy that I walked in there and it was not about that at all. Like it was all about trying to figure out, okay, um, you know, what has this look like for you to live with PTSD and let's figure out a way for you to be able to manage that. So I feel like, um, you know, just helping her walk through um, what some of those main episodes were, especially because I had had so many of them in public because of class, that was a really good place for me to start kind of telling her a little bit more about, um, you know, maybe some of the things that kind of quote unquote, like set me off. I know that's probably not the greatest way to say it, but you know, the, the things that may have triggered me in that way. Um, but I do think an important thing for me to say too, is that I hadn't really done a whole lot of research into what was happening to me, um, until that second time, um, that PTSD came back. So When I um, was finally back at home, when I was with my support system and starting to open up my heart um, to thinking about going to a therapy session, that's kind of when I started to research, okay, um, what's going on? I'm actually really glad that I got to that healthy place before I started to look into things because I think it could have potentially made things worse if I tried to go out on my own and, and look at, let's say, you know, the whole entire space of Google that has all this information. And I mean, there's a huge, um, you know, um, potential that all of that stuff could have like potentially triggered me too and could have made it worse. So I'm really glad that I was able to, you know, go to the counselor first um, in a very, very safe uh, space that the internet, let's just be honest, cannot give you. Um, and space. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think it was really great too, because she also empowered me to 
look into specific resources um, that, you know, we're going to be able to give me some of that education, but we're not going to go into the emotional space of what had happened to me too. So I just can't recommend enough, even if it, if you're going there just for the validation and, and just for understanding what's going on, um, you know, sometimes uh, it makes sense to go through some of that short-term um uh, counseling and that sort of a thing too. Everybody has a different kind of program and where they're at in their own journey. But I, I really do think that it's amazing um, to go and seek professional help just to be able to understand exactly um, from that educational standpoint what's going on. Because it can be a very empowering thing actually to know yes. that there's there's a name for what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty wild. And, and then also not feel like it's only you. Yes, it's only, absolutely. Not only in your head. Mm-hmm. And you can have tools to handle this. So mm-hmm. talking about tools a little bit, what are some tools that you used and sure. that you currently still use? Mm-hmm. So I know journaling is my biggest one. Um, journaling has been just absolutely incredible um, for my mental health um, improvement as well as just personal and professional growth. Um, You know, of course, it's probably not that surprising as somebody who says that I'm a writer, uh, but I do think journaling is amazing because to me, it's become really this safe space where I don't have to sound pretty. Um, I don't have to mask what's going on and I don't even, I don't have to write for clients or write for anybody else. I can really just have the mess of what kind of um, my everyday life feels like, I can just write that down and let that be living on the page, close it um, and let it be. It's been a really therapeutic thing um, from that kind of a standpoint. And I also think it's amazing because there are moments where I start to see um, you know, some of those red flags that come in. And I, at least for me, I can tell red flags a little bit more before like the triggers actually come into play. So if I really stay self-aware, I'm able to notice the flags before the triggers ever happen. Um, and when I'm thinking about um, some of those red flags, it's really amazing for me to actually be able to look back at different journal entries and see like, oh, okay, I remember at this point in my life, like some of these things were happening and this is kind of what I did at that point. And you can just in a weird way, you can just see those shifts that were happening in your life and you're almost able to learn from your past self. And that's something I'm constantly doing um, as somebody that really enjoys introspection and really feels like um, past Kayla knows a lot of things that future Kayla I know uh, is going to be great with. But I, I definitely will say that you know, another huge tool for me too was just um, the power of prayer. Uh, It really happened because I, for so long, had put so much of my identity in work. And I feel like it was even intensified more by the fact that I could kind of hide in my accomplishments and in what I was doing to be successful. And I didn't have to deal with this part of it. Um, But the, the thing it was, was when work wasn't necessarily going that well, and I didn't know where my career was going, Um, It really just turned my whole entire life upside down. It made me feel like I didn't know who I was anymore. And so because I didn't have this really... you know, like secure place to put my worth. That's why, you know, a, a lot of the reason why the PTSD came back. And so I know that prayer um, has just been really amazing because it's allowed me to go to that quiet and still place. And for people who deal with mental illness and especially with PTSD, 
it's difficult because the quiet and still place can a lot of the times be the place that we don't want to go to. Like that, that can be the most terrifying place. Uh, but the fact that, you know, with prayer um, and with being able to really tap into that um, spirituality and, and growing in that kind of a way, it's been, again, it's been a very empowering thing for me to feel like I can go to those places and I can come out better rather than feeling like I'm, I'm going there and I'm, I'm being torn down by the fact that I don't have my worth in a secure place. So knowing that my identity is is rooted in, in Jesus and in God and, and it's not rooted in what has happened to me and it's not rooted in even my accomplishments or what I do, um, it has just made my entire life so much better and it really helps me um, when some of these things kind of pop up. You don't know how grateful I am that you can you can talk to us about this. Um, what was the hardest part of this experience? Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that kind of looking back, I feel like the hardest part about it was really uh, looking back at some of my uh, friendships and relationships and seeing how this kind of affected them. Um, again, I didn't really know what was going on. And so, um, of course, I didn't know how to communicate what I needed. I didn't know how to communicate what what um, was happening, even on that basis level. And I feel like there were, um, you know, a few of my of my friendships and relationships that, um, you know, had to kind of shift a little bit. But the really amazing thing was, though, too, was that it, it really helped me to kind of show who was going to be there for me. Right. Um, and and could kind of be that rock for me at the end of the day and, and not see me as as somebody who had this um, really difficult thing happen to them, um, but just saw this as, OK, this is a chapter in my story, but there's so many other ones to be written. Um, so I think that that's probably the hardest thing was just knowing that uh, the perceptions of others kind of changed a little bit, especially those in the very beginning who, um, you know, I, sh- I shared this with and wasn't necessarily always received with, uh, you know, civility and sensibility and some of those sorts of things. But also knowing that it just made me that more appreciative of the people that were very receptive um, to what was going on. And just knowing um, that I had a lot of people in my life who were rooting for me and who knew my potential and could remind me of who I was when I couldn't remember myself. Uh, it was the hardest, but probably most beautiful thing to come out of it. Okay, and changing a little bit the tone. <laughs> How do you canalize your energy? Sure. Um, so I think one of the great things that I've learned because of, um, you know, self-employment is that uh, I look at my work a lot more about uh, units of energy rather than units of time, which has just been a huge game changer for me because I, again, I used to put a lot of my worth into how many hours I was working and, and um, you know, anytime somebody asked me how I was doing, I would always say, oh, so busy and whatever, and re- really kind of wearing that as a badge of honor. But I think the most important thing I've learned is that if you're looking at work as more from an energy standpoint, you're actually able to figure out, okay, um, you know, how many hours or how much energy do I have for really good work? And then when do I really need to be refueled by other things? And so um, really that first year of self-employment, I was running myself into the ground. I had no energy because I was 
not ever refueling myself by any means. Um, so naturally, yeah, I, I burned out and I burned out in a big way. So when I really decided to uh, shed that old business model and, and really rebuilt another one as I went into my second year of self-employment, especially kind of after a lot of this uh, second round of recovery kind of happened. Um, it was really amazing because I started to think about, okay, how many, you know, client projects can I fit within this time knowing, um, kind of what those boundaries are with my own creativity, um, and my own energy. And from there, it's been incredible because of course I've been able to be more productive in the time that I'm actually working. And instead of working, you know, 12 hour days, I'm able to work six hour days and, you know, uh, end the rest of my days, uh, in the summer by the lake, or, you know, I can go and meet friends and not have that guilt and just know that anything I'm doing outside of that time is fueling what I'm doing inside of it. So, um, it's had a really positive impact on my community, definitely a positive impact on my income, which I think is amazing too. Um, and yeah, and just my, my own personal growth. Great. Well, and, um, how do you keep yourself upbeat? Yeah. You know, I think the, the main thing that I do is I, I really do allow myself that time for introspection. And I, and I know some of my, my closest friends and family will kind of roll my eyes at me whenever I'm like assessing my personality and letting people know that this is the why, um, you know, these are the reasons why I react or do certain things that I do. Um, but I really do allow myself to go to that deep place because there's so much that I learn and there's so much that makes me me when I'm able to go there. But I also love surrounding myself with people that are also kind of that opposite, um, where they're able to bring more of that just raw, enthusiastic energy. Um, And I know sometimes it can be as simple as like before we um, decided to do this interview, like I listened to my pump up song and had my little uh, solo dance party, which I think is always amazing to kind of be able to get yourself out of your own head and, and really just kind of have some fun. And just being able to kind of relax and and do things with friends and feel like you're able to have some of that fun um, outside of all the work and the seriousness and and some of those things. Um, So you don't necessarily think too much um, about having every part of your day really revolve around, um, you know, your like managing your mental illness. It's more just trying to find exactly what's going to work for you and then being able to find all of the other stuff that just makes life really fun. And it's something that I have to work pretty hard at because usually when I'm kind of looking at the different aspects of my life, like fun is always kind of on the lower end than I would like it to be. But it is really great, again, to have people around you that are able to say, you know, like, hey, let's go hiking. Hey, let's go to a flea market. Hey, let's go rock climbing and all these things that I actually really, really love doing. Um, Sometimes it just helps to have somebody to kind of pull you out of that, too, and, and say, hey, let's let's go and do this thing. And talking about more what you mentioned of refueling uh, instead of keeping up beat, because I think I think a lot of people uh, feel like you have to be motivated. You have to be mm. out there. And not mm-hmm. necessarily. I, I feel like your your view on refueling yourself creatively and um, and with energy, I think that's a great way mm. to see things. So mm-hmm. what would be something specifically that you you try to keep doing to be refueled? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I think one of the things is also understanding first what doesn't refuel you at all. Um, I know for me, just watching um, my family and even watching some of my closest friends, there's a lot of things that they do that they have recommended to me um, that really don't work. Like one of my best friends absolutely loves taking an evening bubble bath every night and she watches Netflix uh, and that is just like her time. And that almost like stresses me out thinking about that. And so for me, I get that kind of effect from going out for a hike and not looking at my phone and being able to just uh, really be lost out there. And I also really enjoy taking people along with me too, because I find that you're able to kind of go to that deep place, which again, I've talked about is really important to me. Um, you're able to go to that deep place with people when you're kind of lost in the woods is something I've, I've kind of found out too. So I really enjoy hiking. I also really intentionally picked, um, you know, my condo is right across the street from a lake and I actually have a lake view from my porch. So not only do I get to write in the summer on my porch uh, with having, uh, you know, the the water there, I'm also able to end my days um, at the lake. And that has just been one of the most rejuvenating things. Um, I mean, I I hardly even have words for how much more peace um, that I feel in my everyday life because I'm able to spend more time by the water. And even all throughout my life, I've always had this like very spiritual connection to water. There's nothing that calms me down, um, like being able to just sit and watch the waves. And so, um, you know, making sure that that I had a place that was conducive for that and and that I would be able to um you know also work on not feeling guilty about doing that but seeing that as just as much a part of the work as me actually doing the work um has just been a real game changer for me and I'm able to just be um just a much more grounded person I'm I'm definitely more interesting now (laughs) you're super interesting And how has working as an entrepreneur changed your life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, you know, I really come from a, a long line um, of very, very hard workers. Um, a lot of times very laborious type workers too. And so me making money online, um, working with different people and having my own schedule, that's nothing that, um, you know, anybody in my family understands. Um, and, and even for me, sometimes it's difficult when I actually think about what I get to do and some of the choices that I get to make. But I do feel like being an entrepreneur has allowed me to, um, actually really kind of reward myself for all of the like self-awareness and introspection and all of those things that I do because not only am I able to understand this is how I work best um, this is my mindset and this what's this is what needs to change about it if I want to grow or scale in this kind of a way but I'm actually able to have the flexibility and the lifestyle freedom to um, not only know that about myself but to do something about it so I'm always testing and tweaking with um, my routine right now I'm like changing a few things to um, to be able to allow for more exercise and nutrition, which is a whole new thing for me. And I'm still trying to figure things out. But I I will say that um, with the business that I have built, it's always been more important for me um, to have the business be a part of uh, fueling the lifestyle that I really want to live rather than trying to cram my business into a life and then looking at my life feeling like, well, why does it look the way I want to look? And the reason why is because, um, you know, I'm making business all of it and, and it just can't be anymore. So that was all of my first year of self-employment. Um, and I really just had to give myself that good 
gut check kind of going into the second year of self-employment. Now that I'm in my third year, um, it's, it's really interesting because there's not necessarily a whole lot that has changed. I feel like that second year just taught me so much um, and it really just showed me all of the blessings and the fruits of um, really taking all of those things and putting them into action. And now, <laughs> you know, I'm really able to, to keep doing those things, um, which has just been so amazing. Awesome. What have you learned during this journey? I think one of the biggest things that I have learned about myself um, is just really this whole idea of, um, you know, prioritizing the other people in your life. And in order to really be able to do that, you have to take care of yourself first. And I feel like there's always this chatter, um, especially online and all these cheesy sayings about like, fill your own cup first. And, you know, all these different ways to kind of say that. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I feel feel like when when you really get down to it it is really easy to see especially in my own past experiences that um you know if I am constantly being of service to other people but again I'm not refueling myself or I'm not doing things for myself um that really allow me to be that person then you know, I'm not necessarily able to serve in the way that I want to. And so instead of it in my mind being this very selfish thing, because I've always seen myself as a as a pretty generous person, um, you know, especially with with my time and energy, that's something that's very, very important to me. Um, But, you know, that generosity can really only happen if I'm also saving some time and energy for myself at the end of the day too. And so that's why, especially right now in this season, I'm trying to, um, you know, really watch like what kind of food I'm putting into my body to refuel me. I'm looking at my mindset about my body um, and my appearance, which I know for a lot of people, especially in entrepreneurship who are the face of their business, it can be a really, really difficult area for sure. Um, And yeah, and just doing exercise because I've realized that exercise is really one of those things that can only be for me. Like there's no way for me to make that about um, doing something great for anybody else. I feel like there's so many other things I do that I can kind of make it about like other people and I can kind of tell myself, oh, well, it's great because I'm still able to do this for this person. And those are great things too. But being able to have specific things that you do for yourself because you are helping your own mental health you're also helping the people around you. So I think that's just the biggest mindset shift that I've had. And so that's why I like to start my day with a lot of those things, because then I'm able, um, you know, for the latter half of the day to be able to be the person I want to be for the people around me. And I've definitely become a much better daughter, sister, friend, all of those things, um, even beyond just being a better entrepreneur too. Oh, I think that. <laughs> and what is next for you? What are your goals? Oh my gosh, what are my goals? Um, You know, it's so interesting. I had a friend who asked me, um, you know, on a podcast, she kind of said, well, in about five years, kind of like, what's that five-year plan? What would you want to be doing? Um, And for me, I... I just had this this authentic moment where I just said, you know, if it looks anything like it does right now, I'm going to feel really good. Uh, so I'm really just practicing gratitude for where I am right now. Um, I'm somebody that has a really hard time with this whole idea of complacency. Um, I'm not somebody that fears failure, but more so things being stagnant. So, um, but I also think that that can make it kind of difficult to have um you know, contentment in a lot of those seasons. So I'm really working on that right now and and cultivating that muscle of gratitude so that no matter how I grow um, and scale and whatever that looks like in my business, I'm able to always tap back into that and be so grateful for all of the blessings because 
especially sharing. I mean, even from what my first year of self-employment looked like to my second year, I mean, there are no words um, for the kind of change that really happened during that time. And so anytime I start to feel like I'm not exactly where like either I quote unquote should be or could be or all those things, or um, of course, we're always reminded by what other people are doing too. It's really good just to keep myself rooted in the fact that my business is serving me specifically and I have the power to change if it's not anymore. So no matter kind of how my goals change or how my life changes, change um you know i'm i'm really feeling good about the fact that i get to to be flexible with that and make sure that it happens mm-hmm. that's awesome i like it in a day in your everyday what is your favorite part oh man what is my favorite part i mean obviously i love my journaling time like my journaling time is what is keeps me sane yeah i journal <laughs> so i journal in the morning i journal at night and then sometimes i journal throughout <laughs> the day so um i definitely journal probably more than your average person um but i i also make sure that it's not something i ever feel like i have to do it's something that i get to do um and so if there if there's a day that goes by where i don't feel like i necessarily have anything to say uh which even as a writer that definitely happens where i'm like you know i don't really have anything left in me um at the end of the day but I mean definitely my time at the lake um and even just being able to grab um you know a hot chocolate with someone new and being able to sit across from them and hear a little bit more of their story um yeah just any any of those times where I either get to feel like I am deeply rooted in community or even just deeply rooted in myself those those are kind of my my key things in the day that I I really need a good blend of both I like it. What, um, or how, I'm sorry, how has your journey impacted your friends and family? Sure. Um, so really I have noticed that, um, you know, my, my journey has impacted my family and friends the most by, uh, just really actually drawing us closer to one another, which I think is, um, the most beautiful thing that could happen, you know, after something kind of, you know, pretty traumatic, um, like, like this happening to me. And so I think what's really amazing about it is that any time that you show up with that vulnerability, um, I think if it's the right people, it's definitely going to bring you closer. Now, granted, I definitely have opened up um, and there have been times where my vulnerability has not been as celebrated um, as it has been with other people, but it's also been just a great indicator um, of who I really want to invest that time and that energy into again, because especially as an entrepreneur, I don't have a whole lot of it. So I want to make sure that it goes to the right people and the people that, um, you know, believe in me just as much as I really, really believe in them too. So um, it really has actually had just a a really positive impact on um, my family and friends. And, you know, I I remember talking to quite a few of them kind of going now into 2018 and really asking them, you know, the people who have known me in 2016 when a lot of that um, kind of came back and then 2017 when I was really kind of getting a grip again and fighting for my life um, all over again. Um, you know, it's just amazing to, to hear from them the changes that they saw within me and, and how I've been able to show up for them in just such better ways. And, um, you know, even thinking about little things that I, I have done that I totally forgot and, um, you know, just hearing from them and, and seeing that reflected uh, back to me has just been really important because I want to make sure that my business is always being able to allow me to be the person I want to be for those around me. So. 
it's just been an absolutely incredible journey. I know it's far from over, um, but I feel like I've gained a lot of different tools and affirmations and um, I guess just a lot of perspective to kind of take me into whatever chapter is kind of next. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) Do you feel that is harder to share what happened or harder to share what your feelings are and what your mental illness mm. was about it. Oh my gosh, that is a really good question. Um, you're really making me think here. So I think um, I think the more personal details about what has happened, luckily, um, most of the people in my life when I have shared this, they have not made me go to that place and I admire and respect them and love them so much for not having me go there um because i i don't think that that would be healthy or productive um but i i do think it is difficult sometimes to um I guess gauge where people are at with their own understanding of mental illnesses, um, especially with something like PTSD, because uh, I, for the longest time, just thought it was something that um, people who are in the military kind of come back with. And so I had no idea that there was really this whole other side and the side that I was even experiencing myself that was happening. So I still think there's a lot of that around where you know, I've even had people ask me, you know, how I've exactly had PTSD if I haven't been in the military myself. And so it's just very interesting how some of those things um, come up. But I will say it's been really great to focus a little bit more on um, the story aspect and the transformative power of it and um, the parts that empower me. I think it's great to focus on some of those things because otherwise it's too easy to focus on, on the hard stuff. But I also find that you're able to leave a lot of those conversations feeling a lot better um, than just kind of blurting out all of this stuff, um, which which can be very easy to do. Uh, but a lot of times I think it's really great just to be able to, to use our story to educate other people so they're able to have a little bit more um, understanding, a little bit more empathy. Um, and I think all of that just is is a good way um, to, to yes. really help other people grow and, and to grow in your own relationships too. So I think it's a little bit of both. Uh. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I believe that um, storytelling with the purpose of empowering yeah. is, is one of the reasons why I like to talk about these things because um, we don't know much about these things without being cliche like the mm. military and, and I know it is a real thing oh and absolutely there's all kinds of, of, of terms around it that we don't know and mm-hmm. we are scared to talk about mm-hmm. okay well um, I would like to and again in a positive note <laughs> so we'll do top trees I just want to chat about your favorite books and your favorite podcasts maybe three and three that you think um, we can find and learn from and be good tools for everybody absolutely um, so the three books that kind of come to mind one of them um, is a pretty standard recommendation but Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert um, I think especially because she talks a lot about writing as a vocation of course um, that really uh, resonates with me but I also think it's just great for people who are trying to understand how to um, kind of grasp this whole understanding of what creativity 
is and how we actually make sure that we are blending that into our lives in all sorts of different ways, um, no matter kind of what our life looks like from, are you full-time um, working? Are you a self-employed? Or are you somewhere in between there too? So I think it's a really, really great book and the cover of it is beautiful too, Ooh. which doesn't hurt. Um, and then another book that I would say um, is there's a really great book that's illustrated uh, that's called The Crossroads of Should and Must. And I think it's incredibly empowering. Um, the The author of it is El Luna, and she's a really amazing artist. But it's incredible because basically um, the whole entire story kind of talks about uh, her own journey of it, you know, should she choose um, what she should do or should she choose whatever she feels like she must do? And so I think it's just always a good gut check whenever I'm trying to think about, um, you know, what's the next move uh, in my business? Like I, whenever I'm thinking about a new income stream, I ask myself, like, is this something I feel like I should do because I see a lot of other people doing it or I see that it has this potential in it or must I do this because it is actually going to fit within my lifestyle? It is getting me closer to being able to spend more time with family and you know all of those different things that are important to me so I think that's a really great book um and then I guess the last book uh that I would say is a book that's called Chasing Slow um by Aaron Loeckner and it's really amazing because um it really just kind of talks about taking a slower pace uh from a gal who was a blogger and she had her own HD TV show for a while and she's basically just doing all of these different things and really got caught up in the hustle and had to find a way to be able to um, really breathe life back into her family and into what she wanted to do by taking a step back and having a slower pace. So, I mean, that book definitely found me at the right time uh, because that's a lot of what I'm doing right now too. So it's just a really good reminder. And also the page layouts uh, are absolutely stunning and it's really great just to, to look at again. So yeah, all of those books are really good. <laughs> yes, I saw it over there. I almost grabbed it. <laughs> How about the podcast? Because I know you've been in a few, but which ones are the ones you like to listen the most? Yeah. So I'm interesting in that I actually love listening to podcasts that have do, have nothing to do with business. Um, I hardly ever listen to any business-related podcasts just because I feel like I'm in my business all day, every day. Um, so it's really nice to be able to have, um, yeah, just more of those, I guess, like human-centered conversations. So I listen to a lot of spiritual ones. So one of the ones that I listen to a lot is called That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. And I absolutely love it because she is just, when we were talking about uh, that raw, enthusiastic personality, she's definitely that. And so it almost feels like a best friend talking to you in your ear. Um, and it's great because they talk a lot about um, spirituality and they, they talk a lot about different things but it's also just really fun conversations. Uh, so I really like, love those. Um, I also adore uh, Elevation Sermons. I think they're absolutely incredible. Um, and I listen to those every week. So I definitely recommend that podcast. And then I guess for my last one, I would have to choose uh, Oprah has her Super Soul Sunday uh, sessions. And so even though I don't have uh, her network on my television, I always make sure that I download her podcast. It's been very interesting because she has people from all different um, kinds of backgrounds. And it's a very diverse group of people that are really from all different um, kinds of faith. And so it's actually been very eye-opening, I think, because they're 
there are certain episodes that I learned from where if it maybe wasn't automatically downloaded to my phone, I don't know if I would have um, listened to it or that sort of a thing, but it's been really amazing to feel like, wow, like, you know, these people from all over the world, I'm being able to take something from them, even if we have a different faith, even if we have, um, you know, different uh, goals and different backgrounds and all of those sorts of things. So I feel like that's just um, helped me become a more aligned person for sure. Well, thank you so much. You have been so fun to talk about, and I could talk to you all day. (laughs) And maybe I will, but now we have to end the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you so much for this conversation. It was absolutely amazing to be able to share my story a little bit with you and your listeners. Um, And I'm absolutely happy to chat with anybody uh, who has any questions or wants to share their own story with me, too. Oh, yes. I'll include some links in the episode notes on how you can find Kayla and her awesome copywriting business, too. (laughs) Thank you so much.
Well, thank you everybody for listening and I hope we can chat some more. <laughs>